Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, it's a dance company at its heart. But then on in many regards, it's everything else that supports the idea of growth, understanding, um, confidence, you know, and we we have free ease, and I like I've been talking for for time, so I let Ken yeah, say. Yeah, go on, Ken. <laughs> free ease, man. Start yeah, so there. Free ease is um, education, entertainment, and enlightenment. Okay. So with those three things, whenever we're making shows, a process that we're doing, mm-hmm. we always want everyone to go through that education, understanding techniques, forms, formulas, um, fundamentals. Um, entertainment enjoying themselves you know mm-hmm. leaving feeling like you know they, they got something out of it yeah. and enlightenment just a space to reflect and think about raw how can I take this how can I aspire to a, a space for myself or with the group or you know with a collective to to, to push themselves yeah so so from that when I think about all those different things from a, from a boy blue point of view we're, we're we are about that social impact yeah so regardless of the of the level of grassroots to professional, that community aspect is still there. There is still an, an energy to be a part of something. Yeah. And it's not just, okay, you come and you do a job and you five, six, seven, eight, and you go off. <laughs> no, you you come in and you have an experience. If there's another E, I would say it's an experience. Okay. You come in and you understand key things, whether whether you agree with it or whether you disagree with it or whether these these certain things that you apply, you may not want to use it again because it's not in your your remit to yeah. use it as long as you're getting some energy another e as long as you're getting a, a, some energy in to push yourself to yeah. the next level do you know what i mean so yeah i think it's like with the company i think there's always been that social impact because i remember the days we used to go to one pound pizza after rehearsals yeah and it's like a whole herd of us would go down there and that shop, they were getting peas every Monday. <laughs> they were getting money every Monday. But then, and then sometimes we would finish rehearsals in Hamilton Road Centre in West Ham, and we would walk from West Ham all the way to Plaster, all the way to East Ham, mm-hmm. just talking after yeah. the rehearsal. So there was always that social. There was also that vibe. Sometimes people would come to my house and just chill in my house. You know what I mean? So yeah. we've always had that social impact. Mm. Did you face any struggles as two black men with a hip hop company wanting to have your work on, you know, mainstream stages and arts platforms? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not with a smile. <laughs> yeah, well, 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's less about the the opportunity and more about how we looked. It was that, you know, there was so many different other companies that would look at us and say, look at these, let's use a term, an old term, riffraffs. Yeah. Essentially, look at these kids. They, they're unruly. They're, yeah. That's how they always focused on who we were and what we were about, just by how we looked. Mm -hmm. They didn't care about the, like Ken said, the social impact that we were creating mm -hmm. or what it was supporting. It's just that we didn't fit in their ideal box of what professionalism looks like. You weren't white. To a degree. You know, to a degree. And I wouldn't say all the way it was racism. Mm -hmm. I would say in some part it was just just the way the world has made black people look. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you're just fitting a box that they've created. Yeah. They've decided that this is what it is. They couldn't see what we were trying to do. They couldn't see the positivity see in it. Beyond. Because they, they just don't know what's happening in the interim. All they're seeing is kids running around having a joke and laugh. But that's friendship. That's mm. camaraderie. That's banter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All things that make us who we are, especially from East London. That's an everyday thing. Yeah. That's how we're rolling. That's how we're talking. That's how we're moving. And unfortunately, because they didn't speak the language, they couldn't understand what was being said. Like, that's how I look at it. They yeah. just couldn't understand what was being said. Not the literal term, but looking at us just an, as an aesthetic. That's what they were thinking about. Yeah. You know? Um. So, yeah, I think it was more how we looked. They always wanted us to get on stage. It always fit their quota from a diversity point of view. Okay. From an engagement point of view. Right. From a, oh, outreach point of view. That mm. terrible word, outreach, because obviously we, need, we needed reaching out to. <laughs> so they always gave us the platforms. <laughs> Come on, bro. They, yeah. always, they always needed the platform. They, they always gave us, you know, the opportunity to be on the platform, but it was the level. It was never, ever, let's try and translate or move these guys to a different space. But that's, that's, quite unfair in the sense that there were other people who did look at us and see opportunity for themselves but also they saw what we were trying to develop and what we we're trying to build mm -hmm. but the key thing that i always want to always want to double down on is the thing that never ever lied for us was the was the ticket sales do you know what i mean when we did our first show at theater royal stratford east they had to put sold out on the pr promo yes because the community was so behind us that when everyone went to go and say, I'm doing the show at yeah. Theatre Royal, the all their parents, uncles, aunties, aunties moms, dads, baby mamas, every, <laughs> everyone. everyone bought tickets. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? That's what kind of tipped the balance, I think, in some part. Not all the way, but it tipped the balance in the sense that it's like, wait, actually, these guys have got something. Yeah. We didn't even know what we had. But they, we've got something. So it was never really the opportunity to get in on. I don't think Boy Blue has suffered that. Yeah. But we've definitely suffered how people... And still today, you know, I had a conversation with one other dancer. We went to watch some big shows, some some showing. At, I don't want to kind of make it exact. I'm going to try and be as, <laughs> as, 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 you know, it was at Sadler's Wells. Um, big event for a show. Yeah. Um, and me and Kendrick are sitting in, in space as who we are now. Yeah. Boy Blue, I'm out of years, you know, Ken has DMB, all of that, yeah? And and he said he was walking with another uh, person, yeah? And this person <laughs> yeah. said, ah, oh, you know, when we were, st we, we were just, the first half had happened, and so we were just com contemplating on, like, the top part of where Sadler's was, the, the dress room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just sitting there over the side talking and just discussing about what we'd just seen. Mm. And he said when she, he was walking, he was walking with this person, and this person said, oh, look at them. They look kind of dangerous. Oh, no way. Yeah, wow. they look dangerous. And then he went and said, oh, do you know who those are? And he said, I named boom, 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 boom. And then the woman, 
I said woman. I was trying not to say woman. <laughs> I was trying not to say woman. And then the, the woman felt shame and she had to dust. Because obviously she's heard the name. She knows yeah. the job. She knows what we do. The credentials. She's not in and out. But she sees us and instantly thinks we're dangerous. Did she not approach you? No, no. She, she I'm dust. I'm assuming this is a white woman. Yeah, it was a white woman. <clears throat> she dust. You know, she left. She walked away in shame. Yeah. Because obviously she embarrassed, embarrassed herself but then also in front of this other black guy yeah. who had said, wait, that's Kenrick and Mikey, Boy yeah. Blue. You know what I mean? So it's well, it doesn't, like, that's the thing. I don't know if that's helpful, yeah. but it's, it's when I mean helpful, I mean in terms of answering your question, but that's the thing. Did you ever feel a sense of, you know, doing it for the culture when creating Boy, um, Boy Blue? A hundred percent. Yeah. I remember um, when we was in sixth form and we used to go to Fulham Broadway. Yeah. Um, and a guy named Ryan Jackson, who for me, I, I classify as one of our like, mentors from the beginning. Mm -hmm. He said something outside um, Dance Attic. He goes, you guys have a responsibility to push the scene. Yeah. And when he said that, we all went, yeah, 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 yeah. And we just got on the train back to East London. But I proper took it. It was going yeah. around around in my head. And because I was getting more and more into the dance and I was getting more exposed to other dancers, I looked at this and I was just like, I really want to, I really want to push this. Yeah. So I remember speaking to Mikey. Um, remember at the, in the PE department, I don't know if you remember that. I actually remember it so clearly. Which bit, what, in secondary school? In, sec in um, Cannon Palmer. Okay. So he's in sixth form. It was me, you and Ashley. Right. And I and I was like, Mike, I want to start something. And and it was it was before it was Matrix time. Matrix, okay. So I was like, I want to start something. Yeah. Cause it was it was I was sleeping on it. It was something was just like that fire was in yeah. you. Yeah. So so then um Matrix came about. And for me, what was so interesting is that my first solo that I ever did mm -hmm. was in Stratford Shopping Centre. Yeah. Like, okay. In the middle of Stratford Shop yeah, Shopping yeah. Centre. Yeah. So even when we when we did that. Um, I told the guys like, come like come down do a little freestyle thing and I just remember going through Stratford and if people know Stratford sometimes it's, it's like Stratford's like Marmite you either <laughs> like it or you don't yeah. you're either cool or people approach you and say what ends you from it's, it's, yeah. it's that real now yeah but the fact that we did that and the energy of, of, of doing that made me say yeah we need to push this yeah. so we did shows upon shows yeah. like any type of show came up yes yeah. yes and yes. we did like four we rehearsed like four times a week yeah. Mm. yeah and did a show that weekend and then next week we'll do something and it was all it was all non-profitable like okay. that's one of the major things we were doing shows we was going to Walthamstow doing a show one time I called Mikey on the day I said bruv yeah uh, one of our uh, one of my other mentors Leroy Laurent I said he wants us to do a show oh, in yeah. Newcross bruv if you saw the stage it wasn't a stage it was some little um tiled thing and we're doing flips <laughs> but what it was it was that and it was in front of like maybe 10-15 people but we just kept on doing these shows and that, like what Mike's saying the community backed us because yeah. we were there for the community we was doing teaching in the various different secondary schools in, in Newham and we would go to like Hackney Empire Hackney Ocean when it was open and we would did performances upon performances and not only did the family and friends of them but also just the the, the stage management of Hackney Empire, Theatre Royal, they all had that love for us that we would yeah. just walk into the building and we may not even have anything to do with it and they'll just let us in. 
Nice things. Like the community really backed us. And even now, you know, all them all them road men who were there watching us from afar kind of going, mm, I'm not sure about these guys. Yeah. They're the same guys and, and girls who are coming to us and saying, yeah, my my child wants to dance. He's the, he's six or seven yeah. or she's eight or nine and they want to dance. And they come and they bring their kids to us. That's yeah. lovely. So they, there's a yeah. constant, like I said, the legacy mm. is is constant. Yeah, you know we're I mean? teaching the, the people we taught children now. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Obviously, you've seen an effect on, you know, the black community following the birth of Boy Blue. Like, what does what does that look like today? In terms of dance specifically, or you just been in general? In terms of dance and in general to the community, I think the one thing. Okay, I'll just pinpoint on because I think there's loads of things, yeah. and, I, and we'll be here forever talking about it all. But I'll pinpoint on one thing: dance for boys. Mm. I mm. think that that's changed dramatically for our community. Yes. Um, when I was dancing, like Ken said, the roadmen, when I would be like wanted to dance and move about, you know, they'll be looking, looking at me like, funny, yeah. Like, like what's what's this guy on? Um, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey. Do you know what I mean? And and you know, it's become a viable opportunity for young black men yeah. mm. to do something with themselves, whether mm. it's to to exercise or whether it's to make money. There mm. is opportunities out there. You can have a look, you can have a vibe, you can have a style. If you lock it in, you can get work across the planet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's in advertising, you know, it's all still menial in some parts in terms of how people respect other art forms. They don't give dance the same respect, but you can still make a living, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the one thing that I think we were a part of because even though I guess there's two sides to this coin, people were coming, number one, I think young boys were coming into dance class because of the girls. Yeah. There was girls there. But then, I'm sure you had some men going there for the men too. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But like, that was the one thing back then that like, we noticed that a lot of boys were coming in because they saw the girls dancing and, mm. you know, they were interested, but then they saw other men like who looked like them doing stuff too. Yeah. And then mm. that interest... That representation. Exactly. Yeah. Then that interest changed. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? That interest changed where it was just like, no, nah, actually, I could develop this. So I've, I'll definitely pinpoint that. I don't know. I don't know if yeah, you want even... Um, we went to Norlington School in Leighton. It's Leighton, okay. Leightonstone, Norlington. It was an all boys school, and one of the guys who danced with us called Six. He was uh, he was one of the teachers at first, and he he said, "You know what? Come down and do a little showcase for us mm-hmm. in front of the guys." So he came down, and if you ever get a chance to speak to Theo Godson, he will tell you he saw us and he was like, "Raw, all these men on." And then I remember flipping off the wall, and he went, "Yeah, that's it." I'm coming to this too. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it, it there is a there is definitely an impact. And what I've what I've seen also is there's a confidence for 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 black men, not only in dance, but also in modeling, yeah. in singing, in in acting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they've, and a lot of them have crossed over and gone from one to another. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's very um it's very refreshing to see how how it has made a confidence yeah for 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 young black men to have much more of a, a wider spectrum yes. in the arts and 100%. what they can achieve mm. inside of it definitely so i'm gonna have to stop you to ken you've got to I keep, you keep on bringing it down no it's that you keep on talking like you're animated <laughs> so you I'm just so, got a, so fixed i got like, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so no just move yeah, it with you just move it with your face but no man it's um it's like I said. It's ve- it's very refreshing to see uh, it grow. 
and 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 also even though we are talking about like black men also just men in general mm-hmm. like i know right now if you're looking at even like the commercial scene it's like 20 30 percent men mm-hmm. and then 70 yeah. percent say 80 percent women yeah so you're seeing that that percentage grow, grow that bit more yeah so i think it's just it's just nice to just see more and more wanted to be involved mm. So your company focuses a lot on efforts on youth and education. Uh, and so it's very community-based, which has been made so clear. Uh, why is that important to you? Mm. Go on, Ken. Yeah. So education for me is very important. When, like I said, when I started teaching in the secondary schools, I was doing it under uh, Duke of Edinburgh Awards. They mm-hmm. wanted me to do make a kind of a same framework as that. And the more I was going into the school and the more I've seen how it was affecting the young people in the schools. I was like, this, I'm seeing changes within them that the academics wasn't. Yeah. There are some, it's clear, it's clear that some people are not academic in that sense. You know what I mean? They're more creative. Yeah. But where the institution and the education is so old school, they're not looking at how to move things forward and how to look at, hold on a second. This is a new generation of students. This is a new generation of education that we should be, should be um, putting out there. Yeah. So, we have seen a lot of people come through Boy Blue who may not dance anymore, mm-hmm. but are now general managers, yeah. are now creatives over here, are now are producers, are now modeling, doing doing work, are now, you know, writers. Yeah. It's that confidence that like I said, the social impact, the confidence, the self-esteem, mm-hmm. the 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 seeing us as as, you know, the the older ones doing professional work. Because we would bring artists down to the studio mm-hmm. and they would rehearse and they come in, in to do their rehearsal and they're like, bro, Ken's working with such a, Mikey's there doing this. And they're seeing what Mikey's doing, you know, producing work for these artists. Yeah. They're seeing the stuff that we're choreographing and then seeing us doing you know, a one-two mobos or, you know, a Brit Awards. <laughs> they're seeing yeah. that and it's like... Yeah, and then we're at, we're at Maryland rehearsing. Yeah, at the time on a Sunday, raw, yeah. just... So, you know, you do the you do the award and the next day you're there rehearsing with them and yeah. you're just like, yeah, I just did this. And they're like, oh my gosh. So with that energy, it just says to you, anything is possible. And it's and it's literally an arm's length away. It's an arm's yeah. length away. You can you can do this, but you like from even from the beginning, you need that patience, you need that tolerance, you need that resilience. And because Boy Blue has used those key things and the passion and the love for what we do, because you have to enjoy it. You Fact, have to yeah. enjoy it. Like if you don't enjoy it, yeah. I know for I know for I would say for both of us, I could talk for both. If we didn't enjoy this, we wouldn't be doing this. We mm. wouldn't still be here. I yeah. feel like we're quiet in ourselves to go, that's long. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. But Fact. you know, and there's been times where we've kind of gone, oh boy. It's been low. You know, you have your low your low points. Yeah. But you listen to the music and you see the dance and it just this energy just brings you back into that space to go, yeah, yeah this I'm in the right place. You created the Emancipation of Expressionism. What is it and why did you found it? So that <laughs> EOE or Emancipation of Expressionism is made, if the truth be told, a conversation where Mike here said to Ken, Ken, you need to <laughs> collate what it is. It happens a lot where I will go and the Mike will go, no, Ken, it has to be da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. So it was, it was in celebration of breaking, breaking conventions, 10 year anniversary yeah. but also it was paying, paying homage to some of our key 
boy blue anthems or motifs okay. or just moments within our creative space. Yeah. So at first it was it was there was a, I can't remember what it was because it was so gone. It I was, can. It was a madness. Mikey <laughs> could share that with you. And then Mikey was like, Ken, we're gonna condense it down into four aspects. I'll let Mikey carry on. Yeah. So essentially he <laughs> wanted to kind of have this idea of screens and um he be connected to these screens via some kind of like wiring. Yeah. And then it's like his body would react and then the piece would come out and you would see what the piece kind of looked like. Okay. And I was like, dude, this is all, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm simplifying how he's explained yeah. <laughs> it. And I'm like, bro, that's a bit too much. You know what I mean? You're taking it to a space. What we should do is try and find some of the most pinpoint moments of Boy Blue's, um, you know, dance career, so to speak. And let's formulate them into one kind of movement all, mm -hmm. all, all across. And I think what it is, is, when you see the journey, you see some of the pieces, some of the shows, and, and everything has a um, a theme. So, say, like, the end part that um, you see with Ken and, and Skittles um, is is something that Ken made called Unusual Force. And that's our pop-in. And, you know, he, he made that doing a solo, actually. Sorry, a duet with her, um, like, back in the day with um, Breaking Convention. Mm. So that was there. And then that inspired the big movement you see at the end with the track November um, by, by Max Richter. And then um, say the intro, some of the, the intro sections or even, ah, oh, no, let me pick out this one. So Dwele, what we call as Dwele, that was a moment where we was doing this, uh, you know, it was during quite a, an interesting time for Boy Blue's history where a lot of the people who had danced with us had started leaving and forming their own groups. Yeah. So the world, the dance world took it as, oh, it was over for Boy Blue. Yeah, and, and we kind of made this piece with me having a new way of making soundtracks or an idea I wanted to do with soundtracks and Ken making that piece. So we brought back the track with the movement, but with some of the essence of what some of the other shows were. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I, I must admit, it's it's a beautiful piece to watch. But yeah, it's a proper, what they say, homage to all of the the different vibes of what Boy Blue has brought or has added to the scene, um, you know, musically and um, dance, obviously, creatively. Kenrick, uh, tell us how it, feel, how it felt to be acknowledged with an MBE. Hmm. Um... Um, that, like, it always jokes I'm looking at because question I'm, I'm wondering what he's like, going to say he's, yeah he's, I wonder is, yeah. How, how deep he's going to go so, into it when I first got the letter yeah um I looked at it and I was a bit like mm, okay <laughs> um how do I take this yeah because um, obviously it's the member of the British Empire. And That's we know, what my next we, question was going to be. Yeah, we and know the implications it. Yeah. With slavery so and I'll mix it all in. So at first I was a bit like, I'm not sure about this. If I'm yeah. honest, I was not sure. And I was, you know, tussling with it, thinking more and more about it. And then something just said to me, you know what? If you, in order to make change, you need to infiltrate, mm. if I'm being that raw. Yeah. And I think with it, with having that accolade at the end of my name, people have spoken to me different. People mm. who would speak on a particular level are now speaking on a particular level mm. with me. Um, there is a definite, a different reaction towards that. It feels as though with some people within the institution, it's like, yeah, he knows his stuff because quote unquote, the queen 
has yeah. acknowledged that. Because Lizzie said. You know what I mean? Mm. So, so <laughs> for me, Lizzie, Lizzie said. Yeah. <laughs> so for okay. me, it was definitely about that. It was about how can it be used to make change mm-hmm. within the community? How can it, how can it bring up an extra power on top? Even now, I still have moments where I'm like, mm, with it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, it, it, it still it still goes through my head. You know what I mean? Mm. As a black man with it, it still goes through my mind. But there's a utility about it. There's, it's, like a, it's like a blackjack. It's like, you know what? There are moments where I know I can use it yeah. to the advantage for the community. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's how I've, I've put it into my mind. You know what I mean? My heart is still, you know, with it. At tug of war with it, yeah. yeah. But my mind is like, okay, strategically, how can we move forward with this and how can we use it in order to make change and, and, you know what I mean, just to kind of push that. So what does community mean to you? It is, for me, it's funny because it's simpler than it sounds. I think there are so many... There are so many uh, ways people kind of look at community when when you think of a funding application, when you think of a, uh, I don't know, an initiative. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, always people kind of put community in that space when yeah. you say those words. But it's just your people. Facts, yeah. It's just your people. And, you know, when I think about everything that my parents provided for me as the community that surrounded me, I see how much strength resides on that Mm -hmm. because some of those people are my family yeah direct my direct blood and then some of those people are my friends yeah and then it's just the way my parents were in embracing who i am my weirdness my oddness but then at the same time my people it just strengthened those bonds more yeah so it really is just that it's just you know unfortunately i think we have so many things that currently live on the planet that mean when we talk about community, we're making a political stand or a political yeah. stance. When really people are doing it both negatively and positively, they're just considering their people. Yeah. That's their community. So for me, you know, that's more than it, more than like I would probably even talk on it. But for me, it's just, yeah, my people, who, who are the people that need my support and in what way? Okay. And then connecting with them. Yeah. I think that's the next major thing. Is that you can only have a community if you're connecting and you're talking and you're mm. understanding and you're yeah. taking time to listen yeah. to them. That's how a community is forged because you find safety in it. Yeah. You find yourself in it. And you also find the opportunity for you to be authentically you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the hardest thing. And, and, and I think in some part, there are... You know, I've started to consider this as I've got older, that some of my community are not with me anymore, meaning they're in books. Some of my community are in art. You know, Mm -hmm. they've left these things behind. Like, say, for argument's sake, when I look at Keith Haring's work, it touches me in a way that's really interesting that I've never, ever felt with many, many artists. But I can feel like he's talking to me in a way through his art from the past. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So your community might not also be alive. That's why books and Mm. taking other art forms and taking other you know words music all of these different things with people who aren't alive your community is also there too mm. so that's maybe a more of an abstract way of looking at it but that's what i think community means to me Kenny, what does community mean to you 
Boy, Mikey just set a benchmark. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, you know what? I was thinking about it as Mikey was talking and I was just like, let me just throw this in. When I break down the word community, I see communication and I mm. see unity. Mm. Right? All right, you see? Come, that's yeah, a charity. Yeah, 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 that's a charity. Come on, just go. Like poetry. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? There's a spoken word, H-O-A-T-R-Y and that. You know what I mean? Coming out soon. H-O-A-T-R-Y. Uh, yeah. I mean? <laughs> Coming out soon. Um, yeah, communication and unity. The, the communication, the understanding of, of what your people want. Mm-hmm. What's your people's wants and needs? You know what I mean? How do we push that? Because I, I do feel, and I'm, I'm going to sound quite political, I do feel like government-wise, they're not looking at what the people need. Yeah, They're looking at what they think the people need, yeah. what yeah. their wants are. So each community, each area has a different wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Then it's about the unity. Is there, is there a unified front to make change, to get these changes happening? Mm-hmm. A prime example is, I, I don't know if you've seen it in your ends, they've closed off some of the roads. Yeah. They put this red thing and this green yeah, thing yeah. and they've closed off some of the roads. And they're saying they're doing it for two reasons. One, because of traffic. And two, they were saying because during the COVID thing to make sure that residential roads had space and yeah. had didn't have cars going down. You're Babylon. There's still bare traffic. Yeah. There's more it's traffic. More, there, even yeah. more traffic. So when you're talking about pollution and all that kind of stuff, this is why, you know, the last couple of days have been rain, sun, rain, sun, rain, sun. Because of the madness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when you think about what we actually need, we didn't need that. What we needed was the understanding of how to deal with ourselves from a mental point of view and from a, just our general well-being during the time of COVID. That's what we need to do. Mm. But it's about how do we communicate the needs and wants and how do we unite together in order to get those changes and make those changes happen. And then sometimes you can't rely on the government. You have to rely on us More as a community. You have yeah. to, as a community, yeah. you have to rely on that. And, I, and for me, you know, it's, it's about how... Do we as a as a black community yeah. get the communication right and get the unity right in order yeah. to make those changes that we need? Mm. Kenrick, do you feel like society accepts or welcomes the black community? <laughs> I feel I feel that the world accepts the creativity. And the arts I will go of what we do. The source. Yeah. They they love the source. They love to fill their plates with the source. Yeah. The Maggie blackness. sauce. The Maggie the hot yes. sauce. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they I feel first mm-hmm. it's the source or finding the no, it's the source. Then it's finding the source of the source. Then it's finding the people who makes the best source. Mm. Yeah. Personally, when I think about it, I really look and I go, hmm, you don't necessarily care about me. Yeah. You care about what I can do for you to see. Like they yeah. don't care about the chef. Yeah. They just care about the food. The food. Yeah. Mm. And, they, they don't, and I think what it is that there's a care after the fact. Oh, he's a nice guy. Yeah. She's a nice, she's all right. Or well, they're okay. You know what I mean? I, Sometimes you get that. I do feel as though it's the arts first. And mm. and you know what's crazy? Just to add to that, I just take it to that moment when George Floyd, you know, that unfortunate moment of him just meeting that those people. Yeah. You know? Bruv, the amount of calls man got were just people saying, ah, oh, 
Michael, um, just just started thinking about you. I'm just really wanted to reach out. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> I I appreciate your reaching out. Yeah. But look at the time. Yeah. Bro, you should have you should be reaching out past these moments if yeah. you really have, you you really were interested or yeah. wanted to understand anything about the black experience. Mm. But no, you're cool with me when it's on a work tip or a vibey tip or whatever. The amount of calls, bruv, mm. that I yeah. got with people at that time, it just clarified that point even I feel more. Like everyone in the black community got yes. all of their white friends. Where they just white people just they just realized the you existed yeah. for oh, a second. Shit. Like, yeah, you, 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 you champion me. You're with me at times, but fam, that George Floyd stuff, that's happened time and time and time it's again. Yeah. It's been happening from my knowledge, just how long I've been alive from when I was 11 years old mm. was when we saw Rodney King. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the crazy thing is that you have these moments where they all of a sudden remember that you're there and that's it. It's like, that's what you, I think you're describing, Ken, is that they just... They know you when they need to. Oh, yeah. You know, and I don't want to kind of shun all white people. This is not a, a shun all yeah. white people or yeah. shun all people who, who are, don't, can, aren't, aren't black. But it's just to highlight the ideas of we are black all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even not when we, yeah. When, and not just when it looks good aesthetically on stage or not when yeah. it looks awesome in a frigging Vogue magazine or not when it's, we are black all the time. And, and, that, and that's part of what creates the source. Mm -hmm. That's part of what makes us be who we are. Mm. And unfortunately, yeah, to and some degree. And sometimes also, I'm a human being. Yes. Like, I'm a human being. Yeah. You, 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 you buzz me because something happened within the black community. But I'm a human being. If I'm ill, you're going to be ill. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, I'm, if I could be ill, you could be ill. If I got two legs, you got two legs. You got two eyes, I got two eyes. Unless, you know, of a circumstance. But other than that, I'm a human being. And this is where sometimes it's, 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 it's sad that, you know, as a black man, as a tall, big black man, I walk down the street and someone may look and feel, mm, what's that? Mm. Like, what is that? Okay, you may have had a, a situation or a moment, but we're not all the same. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I don't look at white people and go, you're all the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we could, we could play that card and go, oh, you're all the same. And then go, oh, no. Or the, or the, the famous one, oh, I've got white friends or I've got black friends. Yeah. I've got white friends as well. Like, so yeah, what? Just and, why are you saying that? Yeah. I've got white friends. I've got bare different color friends. Yeah. I've got friends with purple hair. Is that don't matter. <laughs> you understand? So it's like sometimes the, the thought process of, of convenience. Yeah. There's a thought process of convenience. And, and even nowadays where, you know, some people are playing this diversity card. Yeah. It's like, I'm an artist first and foremost. Yeah. It just so happens I'm a black artist. Yeah. Mm. I'm an artist. I mean, I want to yeah. I wanna just hit on something just in the fact that our blackness also creates the way we've been created. Mm -hmm. You know, or the way we create, actually. Sorry, let me change that. The way we create those struggles, the idea of how the world looks at us, it's yes, part of the uh -huh, fuel. Yes. And we can't deny that. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. been a coping mechanism. Exactly. It's part of what is the nature. When you think of the beauty that's come out of the struggle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that, oh, thank God for the struggle. Nah. Yeah. No. No, no, There's no two ways. You've got to recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you've got to understand that that's a part of it too. So if you want to embrace it, if you want to come and take some of it, then embrace you have to embrace it. Thank you. And the Thank you. Mm. <laughs> All of it, bro. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. White supremacy operates via the conquer and divide method. Um, And I think that has imprinted our black community in many ways. Um, but I want to touch on two in today's episode because otherwise we'll be here for so long. Yeah. Um, one being colorism. Uh, how do you feel like that affects our communities and how can we unlearn some of these inherited ideologies? <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, for me as a dark-skinned man, boy, in fact, I felt that mm-hmm. early on in my life. Um, I actually, It's crazy because there are a lot of things that I didn't like or I'm not into, but I don't always have the answers and I will not try and go on like I don't have the, like I have the answer of, I know what's going on. But like, the nature of skin tone and skin colour, determining, I guess, how people perceive people, especially like from a dark skin perspective, you know, mine has always been, uh, he's meaner or tougher or, stronger you know what i mean whereas a person with fairer skin would be all of the things that are opposite to that mm. it's just not helpful do you mm. know what i mean it's just not helpful and it's more communication it's like the idea of us being able to talk about what those struggles are in a space where it's very very free and um honest and open where yeah. a dark-skinned person could talk talk about the struggles of being dark-skinned and a light-skinned person could talk about the struggles of being a fair-skinned person mm. or a light-skinned person that is where I think we can help that. Yeah. Because I think there are, you, you've got to understand it in this regard. Um, mixed race people are living in a different world to us mm-hmm. where they have white family and black family yeah. or, and, you know, another uh, racist family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a struggle in itself, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's, it's just, but then when you boil it down, it's about acceptance. It's about acceptance of who or you are or how your community are accepting you. Yeah. And that's really what we're discussing. We're yeah. not only ever only discussing the color of the skin. We're, t- we're discussing the experience of that life for a person with that skin tone. Mm. Because you see it happening all, all across the world where, you know, just even in Asia, parts of Asia, being a fairer skin means yeah. means, means wealth or yeah. higher status. The same as in Jamaica. So we're talking about something which is quite political or we're talking about something that's quite deep from the view of skin tone. Mm-hmm. But really we're talking about acceptance. Mm-hmm. What our societies are allowing us to accept, um, to allowing us to be accepted into a particular community. So that's the thing that I would challenge more than anything else. The idea of how can we all stay in a space and converse and communicate 
those things from each side because we'll find that there's more similarities than there are um and 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 i think the funny thing as well is that everyone's in their head so everyone sees themselves negatively more often than not unless yeah you're a full-on narcissist <laughs> but most people see themselves as oh i could be this because i know there's fair people who wish they had darker skin yeah do you know what i mean there is that dichotomy which exists so yeah i think one of the ways to kind of get through that colorism thing is more honest open conversation and possibly debate surrounding yeah. the actual um pol- the socio-political situations that surround the idea of color and skin tone mm. got anything to add to that coming i think mikey answered that very 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 well yeah. it is about the acceptance as i was sitting i'm just like yeah it is that acceptance but i think also there is a, a way of there's a mindset that needs to be changed within the workforce Mm-hmm. When you were talking about colorism, the first thing that came to mind is when I went back home to Grenada mm-hmm. and I went into a bank and all the fair skinned people were were the um at the front. At the, on the on the desk. Yeah. And all the dark skinned people were pretty much cleaning. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like I looked at her and I was just like I, I actually I remember asking my mum about it. I was like, Mum, I'm seeing what? the yeah. divide. And my mum explained why. So you know, that that mentality in the workforce needs to change because in most banks and most, you know, places, that's what it is that you actually see. So I'm thinking to myself, wow, is that so even from a dance point of view, especially when I if I bring it back to Boy Blue, yeah, there's no there's no discrimination. There's no like I think there's been a very clear it, no matter what colour you are, no whatever creed, whatever size you are, whatever, if you want to dance, you want to dance. Yeah. So I think we have to kind of look at the workforce and try and change the mindset of those who are controlling those areas. Um, another one of the um, side effects, so to put it, uh, from white supremacy is, in my opinion, homophobia. And I feel like that is mm. uh, something that runs rife through our through the black community. Yeah. Um, similar to what you said before, Mikey, about taken on board and accepting everything mm. if we truly you know want to empower the black community the same way we support black lives matter and they all need to matter and my belief is that if you don't actually want you know equality for the whole community essentially yeah. you want privilege yeah. which is again adjacent to the principles and uh, ideologies behind racism and white supremacy mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is nuts to me what do you think about homophobia within our black community i think homophobia i'm unfortunately is something that we have to question as black people where was it where was it given to us mm-hmm. and uh, it's difficult to talk about like number one let me just out and out say this i don't think i have enough information and or understanding and or experience to even give i would say the most educated response surrounding this yeah. i'm always wanting to understand and learn right but more than anything else where has that information come from? It's come from a space a lot of the time, which is based upon some either religious ideologies, some social ideologies, some ideas of what is masculinity or what is femininity. You know, these are all things that have been given to us mm-hmm. as opposed to the idea of you just connecting with an individual and taking them for who they are. Mm. They just so happen to be a homosexual. They just so happen to be uh, a black person. They just so happen to be anything. Yeah. 
who is that person though are you taking time to understand who they are mm. talk to them see who they are as an individual where are you getting that information that this person is bad yeah it's from something outside of you yeah you're not using your base knowledge and understanding as an individual to assess that individual mm. do you know what i mean and i think that's really majority of the isms kind of sitting do you know what i mean or the obics you know yeah. whatever the obics are yeah you know you're focusing on something that you've been told outside that is dirty unclean not the right space the wrong the bad when really have you ever taken time to even engage a person in that world yeah or understand that them like ken said they're a human first mm -hmm. first before yes the, everything else the experiences of the world come on top of it so i think it's it's crazy because maybe we have been you know being a little bit more focused in our world just on the danceability mm -hmm. and even that's not anything that is a issue because we know we can teach and we can build you up to be an even better performer mm -hmm. And also at the same time, I think when you think about communities in the dance world, you know that there's specific communities bound by so many different interests. And some part of that could be sexuality. Some part of that could be ideology, whatever it is. But for us, more than anything else, we're focused on the dance skills of that individual. Yeah. And then their connectivity with the rest of the people in that space. And so that's the only thing I would challenge. Because as I said, I don't think I have as much uh, knowledge and understanding yeah, of how to, yeah to how to to solve it especially coming from a space that you know i do not own i do not own the ideology of a homophobic individual mm. i am just not that person you know so when i look at the world i focus on what i kind of spoke about first yeah. which is that individual and i think the more and more people can do that the better because yeah we've had all types of people come and dance with us from all walks of life and I'm hoping that their experience has always been something that they felt they were pushed, they were challenged, and they were made better by working with us at Boy Blue. Okay. Yeah, I just think it's, about, I think it's about educating yourself. The same way that we have white people educating themselves to understand the black community and the black struggle and what it is to be a black person is the same way for me as a, a black straight guy to understand the life of a, a black gay guy. Mm. Or, 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 or a black gay woman do you know yeah. what I mean or um, you know what I mean it, it, it's it's important to understand that have conversations we're talking yeah. about communication again have conversation try to understand it you know what I mean I can't just sometimes for me and, I, and I've grown over the year to even just question you know the whole topic of black lives matter just communicating and understanding the and, and having more that you educate yourself across the board I, I, I would say even for me I'm still learning I'm, I'm, I'm West Indian I'm from the Caribbean mm -hmm. but I still have a lot to learn about Africa I yeah. still have a lot to learn about that so I have to keep my mind open I have to keep my mind wanting to be educated I'm still a student in life mm -hmm. I'm still a student of life so having conversations with everyone and their struggles is important mm -hmm. so for me it's about educating yourself constantly educating yourself constantly questioning you can't be ignorant in this world yeah you can't and i think there's a lot of ignorance which has pushed racism homophobia because they don't know they don't yeah. understand they look at it and go that's bad and, and going on what michael said about the just the religious aspect aspect yeah. of it i know from coming up being brought up in a roman catholic church yeah that's yeah those things weren't you, you them yeah that's what i was but then so look I at the Roman raised, Catholic yeah. Church and all the different Moving things that's happened. Wayward and mad, and mad. Exactly. 
So when you look at that, it's just like, okay, if you are, if you are, if you are being put to see it in, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> are you my hands started moving and I started moving the mic away, man. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> too much choreography. Too much, too much choreography. When you're, when you're made to look at it in a particular way and that's all you know, and then you grow in that space yeah. and then you've got, let's say aunties and uncles who are talking that particular way, you're still growing in with that space. Then it gives you an ignorance, mm. ignorance. But for me, through dance, through the arts, everyone yeah. is on equal land. Yeah. You grow to understand and educate. You grow to, to know these things. And plus for me, especially having kids, it's about them understanding we are all human. Yeah. And everyone is different. Everyone's going to have a, 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 a different uh, a different vibe, a different look, a different sexuality, and it's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're all human. Get that right first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, piggybacking of, off of what you both said about which um, things that I consider to be dangers within our black community. Yeah. What, um, what are the dangers are there within our community that you can see and that you're concerned about? Wow. Wow, that's a big question, bro. Um, oh, man. I don't even know. Mm. I can give you some already. Yeah, it's a big One question. is straightforward black-on-black crime. Yep. I'm seeing too many brothers killing brothers. Yep. I'm, I, I live in Newham. Mm. And I'm seeing it. I'm hearing it frequently yeah young men under 18 yeah getting stabbed and stuff yeah it's crazy getting kill off people coming back and then killing off their younger brother yeah and it's just it's just it's it's crazy and it's not just in east london it's all over yeah it's happening in reading it's happening in birmingham it's ha- it's 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 getting crazy it's getting crazy yeah. and it concerns me my kids don't go to school by themselves Mm. My, I got two sons and I got a daughter. They don't go to school by themselves because of that fear. They mm. get dropped off and they get picked up. Yeah. They can't even like the sad thing is that my, my second son wants to go cycling. There's a place called the Greenway. And all his friends who are either white or or, or Asian go cycling. We don't let him go with them. That's such we, a shame. We can't. Yeah, we, yeah. we can't. And if I do, if he does go, I will go. And they'll be like, oh, but your dad's with us. I'll cycle behind you. <laughs> but Social distancing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'll cycle with you guys, but you're not going by yourself. You yeah. can't. You can't. You can't just go to the park and play football by yourself. We've got a park right next to us, like five minutes down the yeah. road. I will not let them go there by themselves. That is fearing. For me, another thing of fear is, is just um, the push and the understanding of black businesses yeah. and actually getting them out there and making sure that they are quality and it has longevity. Yeah. Like with Boy Blue, yeah, we've done 20 years. Mm. But when you think about it, it was about the love for the community and the social impact first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Is our black businesses looking at their social impact? Are they looking at how they're going to push the community, how the community can support them and vice versa? Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like with black businesses is about what I need and what I want to do. Yeah. And when you go to a certain thing, okay, can I get um, chicken with rice and peas and there's nothing left? It's like yeah. that, that, that mentality of there's nothing left is like, that. this is why I've, other cultural businesses are moving because they've got it. 
in abundance. Yeah, and I feel like, like that really does come down to, in my opinion, we've had to work from from nothing for so many years, for centuries, and I feel like it's is is led us to operate from that place of lack, that place of scarcity, which just manifests into yeah everything that you do in exactly, in, in your yeah. in your life, be it your relationships, be it your businesses. And it, yeah, it just exudes that. Whereas obviously our white counterparts, having come from, yeah, having everything at one point, the whole fucking world, yeah. you know what I mean? They move in a space That's of abundance. They move. Yeah. they move like, this is already mine, bro. This like, is abundant, yeah. And yeah, I guess it... it I mean, to, I wanted to back, uh, you know, off the back of what Ken, Ken was saying. I think mm. it's education, bro. Like, mm. I think, where are we getting our information? Yeah. yeah. When I think about that you who's walking the street thinking he has to be a bad man to do this, that and the other... That is a coping mechanism based upon a few things. Number one, he might be doing that because he wants to either be something or look or be seen as something mm. in his in his ends. Yeah. And then on the other hand, it might be surrounding some other business that they're doing, which is obviously crime related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when we think of the word crime or when we think of the the word of of people uh, shot in and all of those things, like there are companies out there who sell opiates. Mm. They're just called pharmaceutical companies yeah do you know what i mean and those things are just as addictive just as dramatic whatever and it's just those particular ones have been fda approved or that's the the american one they have you know gone through the nhs system or whatever it is we have over here all of these things Mm -hmm. are in that space of who is telling us what is right and wrong Mm. do you know what i mean and when that young person is on the corner trying to do whatever they have to do or on the roads trying to do what they're having to do <clears throat> they're doing it from a space of that's illegal, right? When really their mindset could be, how can I change that illegal thing that I'm shot in and turn it into something yeah. Um, useful? Legitimate, yeah, right? legitimate, right? You've mm-hmm. got the mindset. That's what you're showing. You've actually got the acumen. You've got the ability to see something as a uh, supply and demand. That's a whole opportunity there. Yeah. How can we translate that? But when you're being put in a space of a world where you are seen to be that type of individual, meaning the education, the words that have been told to you as a black man, that's your thinking or a black woman. You're thinking that that's my only opportunity. That is where are we getting our information? Who is providing those, those facts to us to say white media outlets. Exactly. So that you, when you talk about that, Mm. bro, that you is moving in that way because the world has told him or made him understand that these, this is the space that I have to operate in. He hasn't seen that or she hasn't seen that. I can take myself out of that. Yeah. I can see on the other side of that. And then the other thing to add to that is when we were talking about the food and that, it's just, yeah, where are the spaces that talk about our community things? Yeah. The way, who is, like what you're saying, Ken, it could be that simple of just saying, guys, this is what you have to do. Someone could easily come and teach people, make them understand when you're doing a business and you want to make sure that the business has enough stock, this is how you should move. Yeah. We have to be mindful of the fact that we want to educate ourselves to be in a space of understanding and growth yeah do you know what i mean and i think that's what it is is where is the information coming from are we seeking it within ourselves within our peers within our olders or are we allowing other people outside of our community to tell us who and what we are it's so interesting that you should say that um i've recorded a few of these episodes now uh for the where we now podcast and there are so many parallels uh, with how we think and, you know, our experiences. And we did one of the episodes with um, Claude Marnetto was 
was talking about the representation of the black man. And again, everything you said, he he was saying, you know, I've seen in films, I was never portrayed to be this. And like the news articles that would come out, it was always, you know, black guy in a hoodie, crime, this. And like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. So it's just, and, you know, the other day we did a live with Jaquel Knight in the States and then Aston Marigold from here in the UK. Again, all of it's exactly the same. Bro, it's I'm a shared you, experience and it's just. It's crazy. I remember yeah. being in an Uber, stuck in an Uber in LA, going to my next session or whatever I was doing, bro. And obviously, an Uber means any randoms pick me up. This mm. black woman picked me up. And we had a conversation. Mm. Like, say she was my sister, like I've known yeah. from the day, day I or she was born. Yeah. Because we all are connected with this yeah. unfortunate dichotomy of the way yeah. the world kind of looks at us and what the way the world has told the, us who we are. What you said also about the beauty that has come from that struggle, mm. I feel like that also really does connect us. Yes. Really. Yeah. Yeah. To bring this sec- section of the, you know, the show to a close, what are you excited about for the black community? Wow. What am I excited? Um, or proud of? Ooh, okay, or both? Uh, uh, <laughs> give uh, me both. I, I, I like the fact you had proud. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am proud. I think first and foremost, when I think about just self-affirmation and just affirmation, I'm proud that we, myself and my best friend, have been doing this thing for 20 years mm-hmm. as black artists as black yeah. men I think first if I go from within first and go out yeah. I have to look at that and be proud mm-hmm. because you know every day I just we've been doing a training program with um, some of our artists over the last three months and just doing that and seeing the power of what we've just done I just become I become full of pride and, I, and I'm very happy and, and I'm it, it's, it's good for my well-being yeah. do you know what I mean I'm 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 very proud of all of the young black artists that I've seen grown within these 20 years yeah. to become their own independent artists to become their own independent um entities within yeah. the world of arts. Um I'm proud that there is more young voices, young entrepreneurs that are trying to push that are trying to talk to their young their fellow young person yeah. and saying the way of the roads is not helping. Yeah. I'm seeing now more young ambassadors talking yeah. and pushing their voices out and getting their voices heard. I'm I'm proud of seeing um, my daughter have a magazine that is an actual black magazine and more black dolls and and mm. more more things uh, from a you know black books yeah. that I'm able to now buy even yeah. more that I know there's a shop in Brixton that sells yeah, those yeah, books. Yeah. I'm proud that there's an auntie down the road that I can go and get my planting from and I can help push her black business. Do you know what I mean? I'm proud to know Mr. Peace that's in Mr. Green Street. P. There's Mr. Peace that when I go on Uber, I can get jollof rice with with jerk chicken, planting and coleslaw. These things, hey. these things <laughs> it makes me so prideful because yeah. what it is is that it's showing it, and maybe Mr. P was there for time, but I now know. Yeah. I'm getting more I, I'm I'm getting more educated and I and I want to understand more about our black businesses. There's also um I can't remember the name and I'll try and send it to you if I need mm-hmm. it, uh, if I can find it. 
I think there's either a website or a or a oh uh, yeah a yeah catalog. There's a directory, all, a directory of all black businesses. Yeah yeah yeah. Um yes. you might have, you uh, might yeah, have I've it. spoken about them on my podcast before. Yeah, I can't um, remember the name I've of got it. We we got yeah, it on my. Instagram. It's on my phone. Yeah yeah yeah. I know who you're talking but about. You know yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and it's about us. You know, really trying to make sure we understand it, know where they are, and and help to push. Yeah. The yeah, community yeah. in that sense. One hundred percent. You know, I, you you double down on the proud thing. I'm gonna double down on the exciting mm-hmm. thing. Yes. I'm just excited for platform fl- platforms like this, where a brother can come and just say to us, "Say it with your chest." Yeah. We are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Fact. That we can talk Ooh. this way, respond and move the way we have been moving. Yeah. Especially yeah. during this period of COVID, it was a trying time Ooh, for stuff. all of us. All of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for this moment that we are in right now. Yeah. You know, one, one person said to me one time, yo, Mike, if there was a time in history, which one would you go back to? I said, bro, are you serious? Mm. My best time to be alive is now. Now. Now as a black person, as me. So I'm just excited that now the way we move, everyone moves with their chest. Yeah. We're able to talk about these things openly. Mm. with no fear unfortunately some of us have been ostracized demonized even like what happened to that recent woman who's just just got shot shot in that yeah you know She's what i mean stable now i've heard She's yeah stable, yeah so we're Crazy. in we're in this space where yeah it's still dramatic it's mm-hmm. st- we still need to be on our p's and q's yeah. we still need to be on our toes but the way we can talk and the way we can move we're coming with him ah yeah. and that's what i'm excited i'm excited for the next 10 years when i can look back as a 50 year old man and go raw but the most beautiful thing that I like is that we've been a part of it. Yeah. Everyone mm. that's been alive up until now has been a part of it in some small way. Mm. So I'm really excited of what our children's children will be able to achieve. Yeah. You know, and, and I can see that this is the seedling. Now is the time that I think all of us are, are just creating this next role for blackness. It's amazing. Last year, May 25th, the world was already at a standstill due to covid uh and were first to fully open their eyes to re- to to see the realities and issues that the black community face regarding our lives just simply not mattering uh that day in 2020 we saw the brutal murder of george floyd in america the black community globally went into a plethora of states we mourned we were angry we cried we marched and today we're speaking how did what happened to george floyd you know the surge in the media attention and the awareness for the Black Lives Matter movement affect you last year? And like, what have you noticed and how did you feel? You oh. start. Uh, Who wants to... Mm. I'll jump into that straight away, bro. Because it, bruv, I cried. Mm. There was one morning we had, like, so obviously we was in Zoom, Zoom vibes. And we sat down over Zoom to do all of our meetings. Mm. And um, just before that meeting, I just sat in my bed and I was just crying. Yeah. And... Um, I messaged everyone and just said, look, this is how I'm feeling. Apologies. But yeah. like the thing that I'm coming to is that I just was tired, bro. Yeah. I was just so tired of being a black person and knowing that where we're about to have to go now as black yeah. people, what we're going to have to do. You know what I mean? And it's just like, why? Why do we always have to be this? Why do we always have to jump into action to come and solve these things that are outside of us just trying to live just trying Mm -hmm. to support ourselves just trying to focus that man whatever he was doing he did not deserve that that night that day 
He didn't deserve that. To be treated like that. And all I just feel is the weight of all of our us as black people all the time. Because it's it comes through the art. I have to feel it. I have to have these emotions. Yeah. And I felt the weight. I felt the hurt. But then at the same time, I got active. Yeah. My phone got on it. Conversations surrounding different things and how we have to prostrate and prepare ourselves. Mm -hmm. That is the ways that I kind of got over it. I got active with knowing we can't let this happen again. Yeah. You know, and it's so painful to also know that that moment, the night before when we was all sitting in our houses and that Derek Chauvin, um, you know, that, that they were about to give this guy his, whatever his situation would be, where he would be. We were all worried. Mm. We were all, a lot of us black people were scared because we've seen stuff like that happen and no justice ever come about. Never. Yeah. You know, whether for us as Brits, we talk about Stephen Lawrence. Mm. How many years? Oh, that went for years. And did years. it take? And then Grenfell. That's the one. I'm yeah, not letting that go. I'm not letting that go. There is so many times, bro. I'm not going to lie to you that I've just said, you know what? This particular thing, if it goes a particular way, I'm stopping everything. I'm stopping all my music, all my creative really? endeavors, and I'm straight going into act activism. Activism. Because it's enough. And that's what I felt at that moment that, how can I start affecting the change within myself and within the community that exists around me? So, um, you know, even though, yeah, I felt weak, bro. Yeah. I was crushed, you know. I, I would still... like to say that, by the way, you said you would stop everything that you're doing to do mm. activism. I would essentially say, if mm. I'm really looking at the big picture, mm. that both of you doing what you're doing mm. is activism. Activism to me isn't always just going on a march yeah. with a with, 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 with yeah. your sign or posting something on social media i would say creating something that impacts and benefits our community mm. as vastly as it has with like boy blue and stuff mm. that is that not activism I is assisting mm. black men and um, you know just black bodies in general giving them that co the, the confidence when they come to your classes and in, enriching their you know their education mm. that is that not activism? Yeah, it's true. Is 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 I every feel like it is. yeah is every kind of thing that's against the status quo surrounding that yeah a, a sense of activism is our lives just us being alive an affront to all that is white supremacy. They say being I black is political. Yeah, and 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 you're right. And I think what more I'm saying in that word is all my energy. Yeah, every iota of my yeah. of my being just spent on that task. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Um. Because, yeah, you know, it just, I just was like, I, I've had enough now. I've had yeah. enough of this. I've had enough of constantly having to make people understand. Yeah. Did you not see? Mm. It was there. We saw this man die. Shocking, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a bundle of emotions, but that's mm. where it kind of brought me, I guess. Mm. How did it affect you and have you noticed any changes? Yeah, I mean... The tricky thing is this. I've seen that stuff before. Yeah. My man went. So what it did is it just amplified trauma from, the, from before. Yeah. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I've seen I've seen the police gone a particular way. Yeah. Like in the UK, rough up. I've even been stopped. 
Mm. I remember one time we was coming from rehearsals and we was catching joke, we was laughing and all these undercover police all came from nowhere and just held us up in a certain space and we was just like, rah, mm. oh, you 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 meet this uh, um, description of some youths doing some stuff. We've all, we, I mean, that, I could ch- challenge, we've yeah. all felt that. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just got to a point where you're just <laughs> oh thinking, my goodness. I'm just living my, I'm living my life catching a joke and enjoying life. Yeah. I'm enjoying life. You're telling me I fit the description. There was no apology. Yeah. No, sorry guys. There was no apology. Rude. Mm. Yeah. All right, go. go If you're rude back to them, you're being hostile. Yeah. But you could never say sorry back. Mm. And, And for me, when I looked at all of those things, do you know I don't even want a sorry. Yeah. Just stop your shit. Right. Just stop your shit. <laughs> yeah. I got I'm hypersensitive, so I got angry. Yeah. And to a certain extent, I had to turn my phone off. I had to come away from social media because what it was is that it was getting talked about so much that I just yeah. felt my body yeah. getting vexed. Yeah. And my muscle fiber yeah. fibers were going off. Yeah. I went to the protests. I went down there, but I didn't even go down there because I'm going to protest. I went down there because I wanted to see who was really there for the protest. I'm seeing yeah. some people there, girls dressing up in a particular way, yeah. man them looking looking to check girls. I said, you're not yeah, serious. You're, you're just there for the clout. Yeah. Whoa. So, 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 that, so that got me <laughs> vexed even more. Yeah. I, that yeah. got me vexed even more because I was looking around going, you're not serious. You're not serious. You're not. All you people are not serious. You're just trying to post on the ground. Do you know what I mean? And what Mikey was saying about you know getting getting called. I had someone call. Oh, I'm thinking about you. Or uh, yo, you're in my thoughts. Piss off. Yeah. Like, are you, you know telling I mean? me I'm in your thoughts? I'm not dead. Mm. Don't tell me you're thinking about me. Why are you thinking about me? Because you feel bad. Yeah. yeah. You that feel help. Says a you lot feel, about you them. You feel helpless. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's I don't need. Is. I don't need that energy. Mm. I don't mm. need that energy. Mm. I don't even need you at the protest. I just need you to understand what are you say what are you doing for yourself? Because yeah. I know quite a few black people started to get on some of their white friends. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, and I personally <clears throat> I thought that was wrong. Yeah. Because it's like you can't expect that person who doesn't know no better to then try and just get active. And just do the thing. It's not yeah. that thing. So it, so I started to get vexed with so, in, on so many different levels that I had to go, I'm gonna go to the protest. I went to another one just to see even just to see how the police were going on. Yeah. Because for me, my concern was the police. Yeah. More so than the people. Yeah. And then, so, but then for me, I just felt my body just felt like I was, it was like some kind of psychological street fighter. Yeah. But fighting myself not to get uh, angry physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you could easily fall into a space where you just want to turn around and you just see someone well, you see a policeman. I'm not gonna lie. There was moments I did see a police. I just wanted to fight him. Yeah, it was a That's fight because I was just like, I want, I want to. I, I just wanted to like put you in a position that you didn't like. Mm. Take out, take out, put my knee on your neck and see yeah, what happens. Goodness. That's bad, Ken. No, it is bad. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, being, kind of... I'm being so honest. That was in my mind. That was in my mind. Because in my... I feel like it was on a lot let's, of black let's, people's let's minds. Let's roll reverse. Let's yeah. roll reverse. And mm. would yeah. you like that? No. You no. didn't need to do yeah. that. Yeah, if, you are, if you are a professional in your job, yes. you would know yes. how to... to uh, to uphold the law yeah you wasn't upholding the law no nah. kind no, you was no. taking someone's life you took someone's and, life and, yeah. and you know what I mean and you took the life so I, I just felt that my body just felt like 
I went through fighting. I felt like I went to the gym like three times in a day for five days. That's how it felt. Mm. It, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't nice. It wasn't nice. It wasn't nice. It's time for a big boy question now. Where are you now? Oh man. I think I think life is a constant error. Sorry, wrong. Life is a constant opportunity for self-discovery. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in this journey of acceptance. Mm-hmm. And when I say acceptance, I mean all that is good and bad that makes me. I think all that is potent about my personality, both good and bad, both positive and negative, Mm -hmm. because I want to find the ultimate idea of what I can manifest. That's the space I'm in now. What is the ultimate? What is the highest peak of Michael, Michaeldom, (laughs) so to speak? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like where can, (laughs) yeah, where can I take this to? Yeah. And it's not self-aggrandizing, it's not ego-driven, it's not um the you know the idea of the world understanding how dope I am. It's more saying what can I leave because I'm in this space of trying to want to create legacy now. Mm-hmm. What does legacy look like? How can my imprint on this and the short time that I live here how can that pan? And it's it's a crazy thing because I lost my dad at the beginning of um this year. Mm. And now the irrational thought that sits in my head is that I have the amount of life between his passing and my life. No way. To to and it's an irrational, yeah. crazy fear, but it's 30 it's years. There, yeah. It's 30 years. So that's the energy that I kind of move with now because okay. I'm like, okay, what is this ultimate space? What is the most potent delivery of who I am that I can leave here? Mm. So that's that's currently where I am now. Kenrick, where where are you now? Um, I feel like I'm in a space of rebuilding. Okay. I feel like um, I had a lot of time to reflect and to think and to go to a low point and then find refi- redefine what makes me who I am. Mm. So I feel like I'm in a space of rebuilding, but as I'm rebuilding, I'm not, I'm not using new components. I'm discovering new ways to look at the old components. Ah, oh, okay. And old parts. You guys are poets, man. Cha. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's what I'm looking at. And then and then once I've once I've uh, rebuilt that era, then I know what new things need are needed. Okay. So, so I really feel like, even with say like with dance and teaching, I've only just started. Obviously, the studios are open back mm. up, but I've started to do regular classes now, and mm. just from doing that is really helping me to have that creative outlet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to enjoy once again that social impact of the sessions, mm-hmm. um, the training program that we did. Go back into what makes us boy blue. What what isms do we have, and and how do you how do you how do you share that how do you you give that to to the people um and just just being a human being and and trying to make sure that 
I'm not anxious and I'm confident to mm. just leave my house. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just leaving the house itself and being confident to leave my house with that pride of being who I am and and not allowing things that happen over the year to be at the forefront, but not to forget. This week aims to bring more awareness and continue to have these conversations, which we can all learn from black, white, whatever. So we are raising money for Black Minds Matter, whose mission is to connect black individuals and families with free mental health services by black professionals and therapists to support their mental health. How important is mental health to you both? And if you could think of one tactic or one thing that you both do individually um, from your own experience, uh, what 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 would you recommend someone to do in order to, you know, take care of their mental health? Kenrick, do you want to go first? I think one of the major things is 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 make your people around you aware that you're not good. I have a, I, yeah. Do that again. Say again. Yeah. I I said um I feel as though you have to make your people around you mm-hmm. make them aware when you are not good. Okay. Yes. When you are not good. There's yeah. there's a, there's a, I, I I buy books when I haven't read them, but I just like sometimes the title and there's a book saying it's okay to not I be okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a book called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Yeah. And just that itself was like, yeah. Is it blue? Is that book blue? No, it's black and white. Black and white. Okay, no, my bad. It's okay to not be okay. And it's like, more time I hold things in a lot. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm just like, I'm not okay today, guys. If I'm doing something, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not okay. Just to let you know, I'm not okay. Mm. And if I get better during the day, then that's, that's good. Yeah. But just trying to communicate that more so my 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 thing to to you know to people is if if there are moments where you're not okay just let it be known yeah because sometimes and i know this has happened to me in the past when i'm not okay it just makes me look like i'm moody yeah and i'm just i'm just annoyed with whoever's in front of me and it could be something completely (laughs) different but because i've not i've not communicated that yeah it, it it does more damage than good like I'm, I'm now thinking. Like these are all things that I've been aware of, but just with the creating of this show, I'm now thinking back to you know, two different conversations I've had with other black men, where we've discussed, um, you know, the representation of the black male and things like anger, aggression, threat yeah. comes up, and I personally came to the conclusion that black men have been robbed of feeling entitled to those emotions. Yes, you then telling me. I suppress things again. That was in the discussion. Yeah. Black men feel like I need to, I can't do that. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've, so you go working against that and saying, you know, when you are not feeling good, have access to that emotion of not being okay. Exactly. Because it is okay. Yeah. And I think that that's what's yeah. strange is that we do sit in a space where people don't see anger as an emotion just as much as crying is an emotion. They do with white people. Oh, not okay. With Black. black people no you can't yeah because people. aggression and that it's coming from a space it's coming from a nucleus mm-hmm. um and we might not 100 percent know that um i wouldn't say i've employed what i'm going to suggest yeah. um all the way um but the idea of of um doing some kind of counseling or the, the conversation of 
talking with someone who's a professional who's there yeah. just to talk has passed my mind not as what i think the world has stigmatized it as meaning you have a problem meaning that's mm. the reason why you're going but seeing it as exercise like any other you know you know we want to get our bodies looking good so you're going to go to the gym seeing it as that um that's something that i have actively started to kind of consider as 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 okay. me um what and how can that play a part because remember the journey that i said i'm on mm -hmm. how can that play a part into the understanding of myself what does that look like where can yeah. some of the other issues dramas conversations good things you know where can all of these other good things as well the the, the attitude that i have where are they coming from how are they uh, being processed by me what do they look like i've never ever investigated that part of myself mm. so i haven't employed it yet but i would want to say if anyone is you know listening who has been thinking of that and, and considering that finding ways to like you know black minds matter that that space would be frontline therapies is another one that i use okay. as well they're great so these are the spaces that i think we shouldn't feel so scared yeah. to step into um, obviously we have to feel comfortable we have to feel when we're ready and when it's possible for us to do it and as i said i'm still on that journey but more than anything else yeah i would want to say if you know do not be scared about that our, our parents specifically a lot of us especially african children our parents have been in these services for years mm. but how often have we seen our families used off services yeah Ooh, yeah you know what i mean those services yeah. are there we have time owing yeah you know Please. so we should get the opportunity to to also support mm. our growth and our well-being in those spaces mm. um, but then obviously we we have to make sure that those people are the right type of people yeah and i don't know how to investigate that maybe you you'd have some resources that can allow us to kind yeah. of see where we can get the right people who truly understand who and what yeah. we might go through as black black people uh one thing about black minds matter as well as uh frontline therapy is they specialize in offering black people with black professionals yeah uh, which i think is super dope i've had the conversation with people before like oh why would you need a black therapist like it's, it doesn't matter and i'm like yeah it does number one ex therapy is expensive and i don't want to spend 15 minutes of my money telling you it like educating you about something yeah. you're i'm paying you to help me what do you mean like this if you want me to teach you about you know the black experience pay me after <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so that is one thing which is amazing about those um services well um thank you so much for joining me on the where are we now podcast uh guys it's been a pleasure speaking with you and learning from you and hearing about all the things that you've done and that you're working on is it's been super dope thank you so much for coming and, on and thank you yeah, for, thank for you. this this platform to talk you know what i mean yeah. like saying communication is key and and the more that we are able to talk gives us more time to reflect on yeah. how to 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 persevere and move forward so thank you for this conversation yeah, thanks a lot man cheers remember to subscribe and share the episode so we can amplify and validate every voice that is on this show
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.